We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Greetings and salutations, my friends, and welcome to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm Chris Van Vliet, and thank you so much for choosing our podcast each and every week. And I mean, when you saw who today's guest was, I feel like it's hard not to click on this episode. Yeah, this is a very rare out-of-character interview with Dan Housen, and you'll hear him say it, but Dan Housen only agreed to do this interview if we used very expensive CGI to make him look like a human. And then we had to use another very expensive technology to change his voice and make him not sound as evil. Uh, (laughs) If you've actually never seen the human version, I use air quotes when I say human, the human version of Dan Housen, you'll want to check out this interview on YouTube. And while you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to Dan Housen's channel. You can find it under Love That Dan Housen. And while you're on there, I've got a new YouTube channel called CVV Clips, where I've been posting clips from some of my favorite interviews. So toss a subscribe our way for that as well. You can find Danhausen on social media at Danhausen AD. So Danhausen, the letters AD. You can find me at Chris Van Vliet. Chris Doria7 left this review on Apple Podcasts that says, CVV just straight up gets it. Chris Van Vliet, owner of the greatest first name of all time, really gets it when it comes to getting the most out of his interview subjects. The conversations he has and the way he talks to his subjects really draws the listener into the stories and life lessons peppered throughout the episode. A must-listen for wrestling fans, motivation fans, and fans of just good stuff. Be great, be grateful, be listening. Well, I like that. Thank you so much, my fellow Chris, and you're right, the greatest first name of all time. And yeah, I'll keep reading one review on every single episode till next week only. My birthday is next Wednesday, May 19th, and we're so close to getting to 2,000 reviews. So if you happen to be listening to this on your iPhone, on Apple Podcasts, and you haven't left a review yet, take a few seconds today. Just It can literally be an emoji. 
It could just be click the five stars, like a thumbs up emoji. It could be the poop emoji. Actually, that'd be kind of cool. Be like very juxtaposed to see five stars and then a poop emoji. So feel free to leave all the poop emojis that you want. My guest today, his real name is Donovan Danhausen. I've known him for like five or six years when I first saw him wrestle at Ronin Pro Wrestling in Pembroke Pines, Florida, without the makeup, without the gimmick. And it's been so incredible watching his journey and seeing everything that he's built with this character. So please welcome the one, the only, the very evil, Dan Housen. What a pleasure to be joined by the very nice, very evil Dan Housen. Ah, yes. Hello. Now, Dan Housen was promised that you are going to use a very expensive, very evil CGI and voice-changing technology, so we do not startle the humans listening to this. Is this correct? Yeah, this is correct, because you are you are very nice, but at the same time, you are very evil. And if this is people, if this is the first time seeing Dan Housen, we don't want to scare people, you're right. Precisely. So we shall start it in three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Wow, look at this. Beautiful human makeup that you have here. Oh, wow. Well, it's thanks to you and your expensive graphics. Very expensive. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to do this. What a my, look at this background behind you here. This now, looks like a lot of money. Yeah, it is. It's Ethan Page's fault. So you have <laughs> X Men, you have Spider Man, and these are all yeah. mint on card. Uh they're, I don't know if they're mint, but they're they're on card right now. <laughs> How did Ethan Page get you into this world? So I used to be in this world, and then I got out of it. And then I started seeing some new figures come out that were Spider-Man villains. And I was like, oh, these are cool. And I sent him, he had been posting them here and there. And then I started slowly sent, texting him pictures of going, this is your fault. He's dude, you got to get this one. You got to get this one. Oh, no. And I was like, oh. And then before I knew it, I have a wall full again. And then, <laughs> and then, then some. Man, so. you, you, are, you are riding a huge wave of success right now. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. I mean, that's uh, solely based on me being lucky and having uh, people who want to promote me, which is wonderful. Well, I mean, it really dates back to you wanting to promote yourself. It's not just people wanting to promote you. Like, you've done a great job of crafting this character, and that's really why you've been so popular. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're not going to do it, uh, no one's going to, if you at least don't get the ball rolling and then put yourself out there. So it's kind of just taking the risk and then hopefully people catch on and want to help. The first time that I met you was at Ronin Pro Wrestling in South Florida. And you in the ring looked very much like how you look right now. You were I, Donovan Danhausen. Yes, you were nothing like this. Yes, you were nothing <laughs> like this uh, character that you're playing now. You were, you, you were an indie wrestling guy. So I'm really curious to follow the path of how you went from that guy to the guy that you are now. Uh, so. I would say frustration um, and uncomfortableness uh, as much as like this character is out there and weird. This is way more naturally me than me trying to be a tough guy and coming out and pretending I'm going to beat everybody up. I'm like, that's not me. Uh, so that felt super unnatural to do. And th that was trying to just find myself and, not working it was just striking out like constantly i'd get like good matches here and there but like 
it just doesn't matter until you're comfortable and find what you actually want to do. Yeah, how would you describe that previous character? Ah, tattooed beard indie wrestling guy. Like it's just <laughs> literally the I don't I don't know. Like it's the standard I think on the independence is kind of like that's how you start out as. Um and then you just emulate the guys that you're watching at the time until you figure out what you actually want to do and what you are doing. So how did you like transition? I mean, this is a big transition, right? To go from tattoo bearded indie guy to being, I don't even know how you want to describe, how do you describe Dan Housen? So how do I, I describe, I don't know. Um, Some people have said it's kind of like if John Waters got bit by a vampire, if Conan O'Brien got possessed by a demon. Um, I've heard those two. That's probably the closest you can get to it in just trying to describe what it is. It kind of just is what it is. Um, I don't have like a set thing of what Dan Housen is. It's just well, kind of I mean, you do. It's very nice, very evil. Yeah, yeah, actually, that is very, that's true. <laughs> that's it, it just is. feels like if you were to look at these two characters, they don't seem to have any similarities at all. So I'm curious how you went along that path of going from Donovan Dan, Dan Housen to Dan Housen. Yeah, so... uh Side note, there's always been Simpsons jokes incorporated. Because um, I, I use the monster uh, as Donovan Danhausen, he used Kid Gorgeous, which is from the episode The Homer They Fall, where Mo Sislak gives him he has the nicknames uh, as a boxer. So those actually stuck through, and now they're just fully amped up um, if I feel like doing them. But yeah, it was being the indie guy. Uh, it, again, it didn't matter what I was doing. I was having fine matches, I was getting good opportunities, but no one cares really uh, i like i'd wrestled uh johnny gargano at like right at the beginning of my career which was awesome uh and then that followed with me wrestling ricochet in texas like almost right after and i was like oh this is great and again i can have good matches with those guys because they're amazing but no one cares because i'm just another dude um so that carried on for like i always mess up the timeline here i don't know probably four or five years of me just doing shows here and there as a guy trying to figure out what I do and it not working sometimes. Sometimes it'll kind of work. I'll get a little bit of momentum. And I always thought that there was something people wanted to like about me. And I don't know if I had it at the time, but I think they were like, Oh, there's something here, but it's not Mm. quite here yet. Um, And then I'd moved down to Florida and I discovered that there's not that much of a wrestling scene down there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unless which, you're signed to NXT or something. Exactly. Which I thought, I was like, oh, there must be like nonstop wrestling all down there. And I was like, nope, this is totally wrong. It's literally just NXT and a few indies here and there. Um, and the indies that are there, no offense, I've been a ring announcer for many of them and a fan for many of them. It's like a hundred fans there. Yeah. Uh, Ronan was very cool, though. Ronan, Ronan was a great promotion. But I still feel like Ronin should be in front of like a thousand people because the yes. product's so damn good. Same yes, with Blueprint Pro Wrestling. Like they sh- the crowd uh, yeah. should be huge. And I don't know, maybe it's just oversaturated there. Yeah, it's just weird. Every show I've ever done there, I think the most people was Fest Wrestling and Ronin. And it was maybe a couple hundred. And I'm like, these are good shows. They should be, you know, more. Um, but yeah, so that didn't work out. I came back up to Michigan and I started like, really really hammering down on on wrestling every week i possibly could which was weekly at one point 
and it was still going nowhere. I would, didn't feel like I was getting better at wrestling and I was getting increasingly like frustrated and hurt and losing money. And it got to a point, I want to say, what was it? 2016 or 2017, maybe 2017 where I was like, I'm going to quit because this sucks. Um, and I decided, I was like, well, before I quit, I will give this one more like real go of me doing literally whatever I feel like doing and seeing if it pays off. Because at that point it's on me. It's not just someone saying, Hey, do this, try to be this character, do whatever. And I'm unhappy with it. It's like, at least this way I go and happy if it fails. Um, and I switched it over to a horror based character, like full on evil. Uh, no nice part of it. I was just straight up horror movie, uh, taking influences from like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, Hellraiser, just literally anything I grew up on and what I liked and switching up my makeup based on whatever show I was doing. Like I did a they live makeup one time. I think that's what I started with. And then I would just switch off and do different like band makeup if I wanted to. Like I did uh, from this band called Converge. I did their Jane Doe makeup for a while from an album they put out. And I did um, integrity makeup. Uh, it's a band called Integrity from Cleveland. And I just kept switching it up. And then eventually I landed on uh, the Pazuzu makeup from The Exorcist uh, for a Halloween party that I had gone to that year. And then I was like, well, this one's kind of cool. I'm going to try to morph it and make it my own thing. And then that's the one I stuck with because it was one, it was the easiest to do. It was the quickest to do. And then people had started drawing that one. It like, whatever, for whatever reason, that one caught, caught people's eye. And I was getting tons of fan art with it. And I was like, well, this is probably the one I have to stick with. I'll keep evolving it and making it my own thing. Um, and then I slowly did. But we did the evil thing for probably a good year at AIW uh, with the production. And it was working. It was definitely catching on. But the horror crowd is also niche, like a very niche crowd with the wrestling crowd. So then you just combine yeah. two relatively small fan bases. And I was like, well, this needs to evolve more. So that process took a lot, uh, probably, like I said, about a year. And then I had gotten booked on old wrestling where you pretend it's the 1920s. Uh, so I took inspiration from Shadow of the Vampire where Willem Dafoe thinks he's a vampire. Uh, and he's on set playing Mac as Max Shrek playing Nosferatu. And I think at the end of it, he actually is a vampire. But I took the beginning of that idea. Yeah. And I was like, I will play a guy who thinks he's a vampire wrestling. And I was like, cool, this is fun. And people are laughing at it. And the videos I'm putting out for this are doing notably better than the ones that take hours to make and are serious with my friends where I'm staying up until 2 a.m. and then editing them as well. Um, so I was like, well, let's try to mix that a little bit into my current character and see if the humor added in gets the ball rolling a little bit more. And it did. And then that really, I think cultivated with uh, me wrestling Effie because Effie was like, let's do weird stuff. Let's have fun with it. Uh, and then I had taken inspiration from Texas Chainsaw Massacre too with my promo with him where I was just full on uh, off the wall, goofy with it, but in character and that took off. So I was like, Oh, well we're going to roll with this because this is way more fun. It's easier and it is definitely working better. If we take a deep dive back in your YouTube channel, and by the way, anyone yes. that's watching this on YouTube right now, subscribe to Danhausen. Love that Danhausen. The link is down below in the description. Give Danhausen all the subscriber housings. Is that, yes. that right? Yes, yes, subscriber housings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if you take a deep <laughs> dive back there, like 
this was this was quite the horror gimmick. Like you're there with like blood on your face. You're in like you're wrapped in like yeah. plastic. Like this is it was like um, American Psycho almost. Yes. So there's definitely influence from that. Um, I would just take inspiration from like different horror movies and kind of created like a culty character sort of, um, which is why I love that Danhausen came out because it was just like, oh, well, cult leaders, like a lot of times they'll try to play them off as just scary guys. And I'm like, have you ever seen a cult leader? They're usually very likable and uh, bright and fun and charismatic. And I'm like, you guys approach this kind of wrong. I'm like, I don't think you know what a cult is. Like, you're supposed to get people to like you. You're not supposed to scare them away. Uh, so that's when I had transferred it to a little bit. I was like, oh, well, we should be very nice. So that way we can trick the people and get them to like the evil character. So that's very nice, very evil is 100% an evil person. It has to pretend to be nice to get other people, his followers, to like him. When you say you were doing a horror gimmick at the start, are we talking like Kane, Abyss, like that type of horror? Uh, so no, not necessarily. Kane is definitely an influence uh, because that's the first memory I have of wrestling is Kane ripping off the door at uh, Bad Blood. And I'm just like, oh, visually, this is great. Like as a yeah. kid, I was like, oh, I want... I remember there was no action figures of him at the time because he had just came out. And I was like, why are there no toys of this guy? He's the coolest wrestler. Uh, I still think he's the visually the coolest wrestler. Like, um, but yeah, no, it was, I want to say weird. It wasn't necessarily like Kane. Like I was definitely not like a powerhouse like Kane or Abyss. So it was just me cheating. I was using the spike because I was also trained uh, by Jimmy Jacobs. So that was kind of like an ode to him. And I was like, I can do weird stuff with the spike. It's kind of horror movie-esque. Uh, I can film weird uh, vignettes with it so that was more based was i was putting out vignettes as the horror character that were based on horror movie scenes so it's kind of putting out my own storyline because if you're not going to do it no one's going to do it yeah um, in the most part so i was like well this is fun for me it gives me something to do i will just throw these videos out there and see how they work and like i said they they did a little bit and then i had to kind of evolve it and change it when you started making this change, did you have any promoters going, what's what's this new makeup thing you're doing? No, no, no. Be, be the guy where we usually book. So it's the opposite. Uh, they oh. could see that I had had more fun wrestling in the makeup and I kind of like let loose a little bit because it's kind of like wearing a mask. You don't really feel like yourself. Um, and then I remember, I think John Thorne from AIW was a little iffy on the makeup guys because usually I don't think they are that great. Uh <laughs> in experience like i feel like those guys are usually just whatever and he was a little iffy on it but to his credit he let me do it and then he's like hey it works i'm happy i took the chance so like he gave me a huge platform and then uh mikey at black label pro really gave me a huge like stepping stone both of them to do this character that i really wanted to do yeah but here's the thing about indie wrestling is you're going to a new city every weekend you yeah. don't have a chance to really build that momentum until you come back to that promotion a few months later. So I feel like every single time you're doing this new makeup gimmick, you're having to start fresh every single time in every single yeah. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like a lot of people did know who I was because most of the places I worked for, I was on multiple occasions. Good. So I'd come back with this new thing and they'd be like, oh, well, what's going on? And that's where the commentator's jobs come in. You have to go up to them and be like, hey, will you please, you know, put... <laughs> talk about this so that way the people watching at home can get it and then it'll be a little bit harder to translate live but it is what it is you just kind of have to put it out there and keep doing it 
even at the beginning, I think the first video that I did was, um, I want to say Cody had just put out the list because I think he just left WWE and all the indie wrestlers were just putting out lists, like just copying him. So I had done a, I didn't have makeup at this time. I don't think yet. So I had put out a video of me typing. It was just names, but I had the conspiracy theorist wall uh, with a bunch of photos and promotions of people. And I just had them pan up from me and then pan onto those. And I was like, this is my list. I was like, I didn't want to do the same handprint list that everybody was copying. Cause I was like, Oh, this is a great idea. I love the Cody list, but I need to do it in my own way. Yeah. So that was my own way of doing that. And that was the catalyst for this character originally. This character would not work if it wasn't for the internet. Like the internet no. is, it, it's like, it's, it's fuel to your fire. Yeah, it's the only reason I have a career right now <laughs> is Twitter. Is Twitter and me not uh, being uh, relentless on trying to just make it work. When did you start to realize that it was working? Oh, where was it? I, I would say when the fan art started really coming in a lot. Um, and then it was like shortly after. I want to say October of, what was, I think October of twenty. 19 i guess um is when i really started getting like because everyone was like oh we want the the scary guy on the show so i'd only been doing that the the funny like the very nice very evil version of the character for probably six months at that point and it was slow 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 build and then october it was just every weekend and i was like i guarantee people are going to think i'm disappearing after october and I was like, I can't. I was like, I have to make the most of, take advantage of being booked for uh, three to four times a week during this month yeah. and show them that, no, 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 I'm not just October guy. I can carry this on. And I did. So that was probably the ball rolling was probably October where I was like, oh, this works. But what a journey to go from almost quitting wrestling to then getting to a point where you're then quitting your day job so you can just be a pro wrestler. Yes. Uh, it's absolutely wild um because i was originally i was a nursing assistant doing 12-hour shifts so i would go do my shows and then usually get home at two or three in the morning and have to wake up at six and go work for 12 hours so it was not fun so it was a huge relief when i was finally able to be making enough money to quit my job although i'd have i mean you quit your job you quit it what right at the end of 2019 Yep. So like just in months, time for COVID. Just in time for COVID. So that was a nice uh scary little little moment there. Yeah, that's but, legitimately scary. <laughs> yeah, luckily I had been trying uh and I did like build up my fan base enough and tried like padding my like um like I don't know, I guess uh financial security with like Patreon and everything and I grew I had gotten like enough on there to where I was like I can, even if I'm not doing anything, I can live off of this from budgeting well. So luckily my fans were very uh, generous and helped out during that. Cause I got, as soon as the, everything shut down and all the WrestleMania shows got canceled, my Patreon shot up because people just wanted to support because they knew we couldn't do anything. Oh, wow. That's actually really nice of everybody. Yes. And I hope that, I think that was the case for everybody because my pro wrestling key store uh, also, I think, shot up at that time. And I think it was just people going, hey, we can't go to shows. So we want to support these wrestlers somehow still. Yeah. And that was their way of doing so, which is great. 
So are you able to take, have you been taking some bookings now? Uh, here and there. I did, what was it? The October Collective. I came back and did a weekend there. I try to make it count. If I'm going to do something, I want it to count. So I got the most bookings there. And then um, I did that. And then I took a break. Unless it's uh, Ring of Honor TV, I haven't been taking much. This past couple weeks, I did New South Pro Wrestling in Alabama. But they allowed me to wrestle Mike Bennett. So I was like, this is great. Because uh, I want to prove that I can still do these old matches like I had with uh, Johnny Gargano and you know Ricochet. But as this character, that's my new goal is yeah. to prove that I can do this goofy character, but when it's time to, you know, amp it up, I can do that. Well, and I think for people who may have never seen a Danhausen match, like you can go. Like this isn't I just can. A, Yeah, this isn't just a goofy funny character. Like you can work. Well, he's also a maniac, so when it needs the the flip needs to be switched, it can be switched and it's, you know, it makes sense. But I think that there, you know, we're we're in a world now where you might fall into the category of comedy wrestling. And I think that there's a lot of purists online that would look at that character and go, well, that guy doesn't know how to wrestle. If they watch one of your matches, though, my God. Yeah, no, they'll see that I can, it, when it's time to go, I can go and I can turn it up. Uh, it's just most, like, most of the time it's not necessary or like, I don't, well, I don't want to say it's not necessary. That means that makes it sound like I'm just not doing it, but it, it's, I'm always going, going, going. It's just usually people will just see the tequila dance and they'll go, Oh, this is all of what he does. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's literally like a minute of a match and yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's usually the only really like goofy thing I do. And I don't even do it all the time. Yeah. It's just, it gets, it gets uh, videoed and gift all the time. And I'm like, yeah. well, there you go. Well, now you're signed to Ring of Honor, and I'm curious to know what the path looked like to start those discussions with Ring of Honor. Uh, so that was thanks to Alex Shelley, because I had rode with him uh, to um, AIW a couple times, and we really bonded like on the car ride. And he just saw that I was working hard. He liked what I was doing. He was like, this is different. This is something ROH needs. And they had already booked me a couple times at this point, um, just based off me being weird and different. And they've uh, allowed me to be Danhausen like full on without changing anything, which I've been very thankful for because it does. If you try to change it, it just it doesn't work. Like you just kind of have to let me be me, and I'll work within you know the perimeters, but you can't be too far off from what it is. Um, but yeah, so he had he was like, hey, uh, you should sign this guy, and they're like, okay. And that was, that was basically it. It was Alex Shelley was like, please do this. He's great. Like, um, I really think you should just, you know, do it. And then we talked a little bit and we negotiated and then that was it. And I can only imagine how much more over Dan Housen would be in Ring of Honor if you guys were performing in front of crowds right now. Yeah, because uh, I had done, what, I think three or four shows with them in front of the crowd and yeah. it did well. Like the first show I ever did with them, I was like, they, I did the tequila spot, but I'm not allowed to use the music, obviously, because it's copyright. Uh, and I was like, I guess I will try to sing it. And this is either going to be horrible or it's going to work. And it worked. The crowd started singing it with me and got into it. And they were, I think they were taken back by that. And they're like, oh, this, this, he just did that because who would think that that would work? And yeah, that was my first show with them was, uh, I utilized social media. 
to put out, I was like, Hey, can I promote that? I'm going to be on your show, even though it's a dark match. I'm like, sure. Why not? And then it did really, really well because I don't think anyone was expecting it. And then they also took a group photo, uh, with the crew and I was off to the side, popping my head in and that went everywhere. And they had bumped me up to a TV title match with Shane Taylor. So I was like, cool. This is awesome. Here's why I think your character works. I think your character works because you actually have a backstory about who your character is. And I think that there's a lot of wrestlers who just go, well, I'm the guy who wears suits or I'm the guy who says yeah. this. Like you can dig back into who Dan Housen was, when he was born and what he's all about. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Everything I do, it might seem like it's ridiculous and it is, it is fully ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it is all based in reality. Nothing I do is any form of like, I don't, I can't actually shoot lightning from my fingers. I can't like, you know, do any of the like supernatural stuff, but the character thinks he can. Um, even like the, the tequila spot, I'm hypnotizing the audience to dance and sing with me. And then I get power from their energy, which is, you know, a real thing that's based in reality. You, you build up from that and you get excited from it. So I'm like, oh, well, this makes sense. Uh, no swearing makes sense because that's, it will get you taken off the air. Usually if you're like, I, if you're on radio or whatever, like if I always, like if someone swears, they get, they get kicked off. Um, maybe not so much anymore, but same with TV. I was just like, Oh, as a character, like he wants to take over television. He wants to take over the world. He wants to be on as many TVs as possible. If I'm not on TV, I can't do that. And if someone's swearing, we'll probably get taken off the air. It'll get cut. So yeah. that's the mentality behind that. Uh, and then the cheat thing is just, it's a legal way to cheat. <laughs> Are those it, actual teeth? I cannot disclose this information. Oh, you should, you uh, probably should have said that in the Danhausen voice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that is just to me, I can argue with the ref that it, well, you already have teeth in your mouth. I'm just putting more of something in there and it's gross and it makes them want to throw up and then I kick them in the face. Yeah. And I was like, it's not thumbtacks. It's, you know, it's not anything that can actually harm them. It's just gross. And I feel like there's a truth in what you're saying when you say that you just want to be on as many TVs as possible and you want to make as much money as possible. Shouldn't that be everybody's goal yes. in pro wrestling? Yes. That's, it's very based in reality. I would love to be on every single TV, you know, and then make lots and lots of money. So why wouldn't Danhausen? I posted a video recently where Eric Bischoff was talking about how oh, Goldberg just came back to WWE for the money. And all the comments were like, uh, yeah, like water is wet. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like this is obvious. Yeah. And I went, <laughs> yeah, but have you been to a local indie show where some of these people are literally, like you said, losing money to work there? Not everybody is doing this for money. No, but uh, I think you should try to figure out a way to make money doing this if you love it, because then you can make it a job. That's how I've done it. I think the more enthusiastic you are about everything, which I think I've done a pretty good job of showing my enthusiasm for what I'm doing at this point, uh, it helps people want to support you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash insight that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash insight and join the over one million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional in fact so many people have been using better help that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states so the special offer for anybody listening to insight right now is 10 percent off your first month just go to betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp.com slash insight. And I, like I said at the start of the interview, you're riding this huge wave of success right now. You were just on Conan O'Brien's podcast. Like that's massive. Yeah. yeah. That was uh, the coolest thing. No offense. That was the coolest thing I've ever done so far. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what's going to touch that for a long time unless I'm on the actual physical show, which is the next goal. How did, how did you make that happen? So, uh, in character and in real life, that's the other thing. Everything I do is genuine too. Like, uh, Dan Housen loves Conan O'Brien. He looks up to Conan O'Brien. I love Conan O'Brien. My, I did, uh, the old wrestling because he has the skit, which is my favorite, which is old tiny baseball where he does 1920 style baseball in character, but he, a plane flies by and he yells at it because that's not from the 1920s. <laughs> um, and he's just constantly calling out people for having like, uh, a fig newton bar on him he's like oh an authentic 1920s style fig newton bar um but it was just goofy stuff like that where i i took that and i was like i'm gonna put this in the character um but i post about it all the time fans had saw that there was some sort of contest that i didn't know about where maybe you could submit a question and conan will answer it i think that was the contest i honestly can't remember at this point because it was months and months and months ago and i forgot i'd signed up and then i randomly got an email from them 
and it was a uh, Conan O'Brien needs a fan or some, something along those lines. And I was like, Oh, what is this? And I looked and they're like, Hey, we're interested in talking to you. Do you have time for a zoom call? And I was like, sure, let's do it. And then I had a zoom call with the producer, uh, Aaron, who I think goes on all of his trips with him. And we just talked for about 20 minutes. He didn't say what it was for. He just asked me about like what I do. And I told him I'm a wrestler and I'm influenced by Conan O'Brien uh, rather than really any other wrestler. That's kind of my influence as an entertainer. And he's like, oh, so we talked about that forever. And he goes, okay, cool. This is great. Thank you. And I was like, what? Okay. And he was like, yeah. well, I was like, I don't know what this is for, but I'm excited. And he goes, yeah, I don't know either. And it, I, I think he was obviously lying because he yeah. didn't want to tell me yet. Uh, then the next day I got an email saying, Hey, you did great. Uh, we'll be in touch. And I was like, okay, I still have no idea what this is for. And then the following day, someone else emailed me and said, Hey, don't know if anyone told you, but you're going to be talking to Conan O'Brien on zoom tomorrow. Is that okay? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, so then I, they're like, there's a chance if he talks to fans for a long time, because he'll just, he'll talk. He's very cool. He's very personable. Um, it could get pushed back. And I was like, Oh, great. I was like, mine's going to get pushed back. And then it's just not going to happen. Um, and then it went right on schedule. They popped up. It was, uh, Conan, uh, Matt Gorley and Sona. And we just talked for 15 minutes. He was super nice. He asked me all about the wrestling stuff and he was like, cool. He's, he said something along. He said he would like to be in the Dan Housen lore. He'd like to do something in the future. Who knows if that'll happen. Um, but I was making him laugh, which was uh, crazy to me. And he seemed to love it. He was housing things and all of that stuff. So I think that if someone saw a photo of Dan Housen and you said, oh, that guy's inspired by Conan O'Brien, you'd be like, hold on. Did you show yeah. me the, that guy? You showed me the right yeah, yeah. photo? Well, I showed him a photo. I showed all of them a photo of it. And he's like, oh, you look like a demonic, a demonic person. And I told him, <laughs> you know, people describe me as a demon possessing you and he goes he started laughing and uh yeah so hopefully that leads to something down the line we'll see if not i still at the very least got to do that i mean that's super super cool like that's something you can hang your hat on for the rest of your career that's amazing yep. if i do nothing else with conan i talk to conan that's right <laughs> is, is your chest tattoo tied into your face makeup in any sort of way no, but there is one year for Halloween that I did it because I was just messing around with makeup and I just did my makeup as my chest tattoo. So it's not really tied into it, but... They look like they could be in the same world, perhaps. It definitely matches my character. <laughs> what is the chest tattoo? Uh, it's just the general demon. I was like, oh... Yeah, let's yeah just a general demon taking up my entire chest, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it hurt really bad. Um, it was... It, three sessions of me being in the worst pain of my life which that's that's all like it's just a demon that hurt my chest super super bad it felt like how I was long have you had that tattoo 2013 maybe okay. yeah i think 2013 so a while now and more importantly i mean that's that's a life-changing tattoo it changes your look for the rest of your life yes how much, it does how many years of thought did you put into it uh maybe about a year okay and then I think I instantly regretted it when I was getting it because I was like, this hurts. I would much rather just not have this. <laughs> um, now it's become sort of a symbol. Like people, it just goes hand in hand with me, uh, which is great. But yeah, at the time I was like, oh, I, if I had to go back in time and not get this, I wouldn't because it hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think the biggest trademark thing about Danhausen is the voice. So where did the voice come from? And how many different iterations were there before you found this one? So before I found this one, I would say even last year, I'll go back and watch old videos of me cutting promos and I have just a 10 of a deep voice and that's it. Um, and then this one just came from me liking voice acting. Uh, Conan does brand, like voices as he's doing skits. He'll just say something weird. Uh, so it definitely came from that. Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons. Uh, the Monarch is a huge influence from the Venture Brothers, definitely, because he's trying to be evil and he is evil, but he sucks at it. Um, so that's an influence. And then uh, Mark Hamill from pretty much everything, but specifically the, the animated series of Batman. So are you like walking around your house doing these different voices, like trying them out on your wife? Uh, no, not no. Usually I, I try to spare her from that. Um, I'll do it in the car though. Like if I'm trying to think of something fun to do later in the day, I'll cut promos by myself in the car, which is something that I kind of heard William Regal say. I think he says, you know, stand in front of a mirror and cut promos and make facial expressions. But I was like, oh, I'll just do it in the car while I'm driving because it, it would happen a lot on long drives to shows. But now, would you record these? Because here's the thing everybody, you know, hears their voice and goes, oh, that's what I sound like when they hear a recording. Yeah. So uh, would you record these and then go, oh, that sounds better or worse than I expected? I think it was experimentation, just uh, filming the videos and then hearing it and going, I should tweak this a little bit. Because like, even uh, like six months ago, my voice was slightly different. I think I'm now just actually getting it where it's like a consistent voice every time that kind of goes in and out between the evil voice and the goofy voice. Because you can't talk evil all the time. One, it doesn't trick people. And two, it hurts. I also... It hurts your voice? Okay. Eventually. There was... Uh, I did a sale on Cameo for one of the first Ring of Honor tapings I did where I bumped it down. I was like, this... I'm so bored. I was like, I'm going to bump it down to like... I think I bumped it down to $5 or like $10 or something. But I think I did 800 of them or something like that no and i literally felt like i was going to throw up from doing the voice all day it was just whatever i don't know there's probably some secret for actual voice actors who know how to not do this um but i was just like oh this was a mistake <laughs> we had the world's best voice coach on a few months ago as a guest and he was giving all kinds of tips on how you can save your voice i will have to go back and watch that then yeah roger <laughs> he's the greatest voice coach in the world yeah, I, it's actually something I should probably research and and do now that I'm doing a voice almost every day. Well, especially, I mean, this is your livelihood, right? Like, yeah, yeah. My, not, my not unlike my being not unlike being the lead singer of a band or something like that. Yeah, I've got to protect it at this point. You, you seriously do? Yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm wondering like what your family thinks of uh, this character and this voice. I think they love it. Uh, <laughs> definitely, my dad loves it. At least he. I can hear him watching videos constantly when I'm when I'm visiting them. So, uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're okay with it. Is your dad a wrestling fan? Uh, he so he got me into wrestling. Um, there was one Christmas where we had seen it on TV a few times, and then there, one Christmas he just got me a wrestling ring, like a WWF Raw Jack specific ring, and I think he got me like Gold Dust and Bret Hart and a few other wrestling toys. And I was like, oh, this is cool. What is this? And he's like, well, we've been watching wrestling, so I got you this. Um, but he's like a horror movie guy. He's a comic guy. He's uh, a metal guy. Like, that's where kind of all my character stuff comes from is just 
whatever I grew up on that he showed me is what I do now, but amped up to 20. Is your go-to horror film Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, that's hard. Uh, it's one of them. Uh, like I was, You could list I, off a few. That's okay. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, I like watching American Werewolf in London. Just not, uh, it doesn't have to be Halloween. I just like that movie. I can watch it any time of the year. I usually watch it, I think, four or five times a year. Um, then there's Texas Chainsaw, and then there's Alien. Um, those are probably my top three. And I always describe my old version of my character as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Yeah. And the new one is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Because uh, it still, it's still very, it's evil, it's gross, but it's also kind of funny. There's yeah. also a certain charm to it where you go, oh, I kind of like these characters, even though they're, they're maniacs. Yeah. I found it interesting in another interview where you said that you were a lapsed fan for a little while, and it was actually CM Punk that brought you back. Yes. Uh, I would say it's actually, it's probably Punk in Cabana that brought me back. So like, um, Punk brought me back because I had seen snippets here and there of the Straight Edge Society, and I was like, oh, this is cool because I also, I listened to hardcore, and he was very much doing things from the hardcore punk scene, and I was like, cool, uh, this guy's great. Uh, I was, so I started, you know, picking it up here and there. And then I stopped probably a little bit. I wasn't seriously watching, but then he got an injured, I think during that and went to commentary and he was just doing commentary. And I was like, Oh, well I like him. And he's technically, he's on the entire show now. So I'm going to watch this whole show, even though I wasn't necessarily interested in it at the time because he made it interesting to me just by talking. Right. And then I think shortly after that, he feuded with John Cena and did the Nexus thing and then kind of slowly built up to the whole best in the world stuff. Um, but at the same time, I was listening to Colt Cabana's podcast. So I was not fully immersed at all in indie wrestling. Uh, I'd gone to like one Ring of Honor show, which had, I think, everybody who's signed to WWE at this point now on it, which is very cool. Like, I think I saw Generico and Steen and Claudio and. I got to see all the greats like on one show and then they were gone. Um, but yeah, so I would listen to all these indie wrestlers on Cabana's podcast and that's how I discovered most of them. And I was like, Oh, this, this is a really, cause it was new at the time too. I think was, he was the like pioneer of that, of like doing those, those wrestling interviews. And I was like, Oh, this is all very, very cool and interesting. I'm going to listen to these on road trips and I just couldn't get enough of it. So I'd credit them both definitely for getting me interested in wrestling. And then I even asked Colt Cabana at a show, which was probably horrible uh, of me to do, but I was like, Hey, uh, there's the truth, uh, house of truth, you know, near me. I was like, do you, do you know them? Do you recommend going to this school? He's like, absolutely. So that was kind of like the nudge I needed to finally go. This was before you were a wrestler. Like you approached him as a fan and asked that I approached him as a fan at a place called clash wrestling. I think I have a photo of me uh, with Colt Cabana. See, what's interesting about this story is you're very successful right now in your career as a wrestler, but you weren't even watching wrestling. You know, I guess this would have been eight, nine years ago. Yeah. It's, it's funny how it sucked you in so much so that you wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I never really even knew what I wanted to do. I was just kind of always like floundering and going, I guess I'm going to do nursing stuff. I'm not really super interested in it, but I can do it. Um, and then what did you, what did you go to school for? I only went to school for like two semesters and I did, it wasn't for me. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, I 
don't like this. Um, it's expensive. And I also, the teachers that I had had didn't seem like they really wanted to be there. So I didn't <laughs> want to be there. So yeah, that was, I didn't go, I didn't go for anything. I just was doing my, uh, like general studies and then was like, I'm not going to this anymore. And then when you dropped out, what did you do for work? Oh, I just went and did the, the nursing assistant because they just, they oh. train you on site for that. And then if you want to go to school, you can promote yourself to, you know, an, a nurse tech and then a nurse. So that's what you've been doing your entire career until becoming a full-time wrestler. Pretty much. Yeah. I'd worked at a movie theater, uh, for like five years prior from, I think I was like 18 or 17 until, I don't know, 22 or 23, something like that. And, um, that's where I met uh, Davis and camera boy, Nick that I use on screen. Uh, those are legitimately my best friends. Um, I've known them since I worked at the movie theater and we bonded over uh, nerd stuff like comic books and Simpsons quotes. Um, so they've just been here the whole time. And if I can, you know, I, I quote unquote, share the wealth with them. Like if I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, help you guys. And, you know, be on-screen characters, do whatever. We have a, a, like a natural chemistry with each other. So why not? I need human assistance. So <laughs> it's like they, they like camera boy, Nick films my stuff. And David generally helps me organize things and, you know, uh, do all of that stuff. So it's a joke, but it's also true. Well, I mean, obviously you want to, you have the goal of wanting to be on every single TV and make as much money as possible. But what yes. are the... I mean, that, that's a great Danhausen goal. What yeah. are the goals for Donovan Danhausen? Uh, so I would gen genuinely like to be on television more. That would be great. Um, I would like to get some sort of cartoon or TV show that's not wrestling related. I think the Danhausen character can translate over into the mainstream audience. I think the Conan O'Brien interview kind of sort of helps prove that, um, that there is some legs for it outside of wrestling if need be. Uh, not that I want to leave wrestling, but I think the better that this character does uh, outside of wrestling, it benefits wrestling. Just the same as The Rock and Cena. The yeah. better they do, people are going to go, oh, they're wrestlers. Like, may maybe not as much with them because they're like super Hollywood superstars. Um, but if I can get a shirt, like I, I got the shirt in Hot Topic, that's only good for indie wrestlers. Yeah. It, it benefits them. Like I didn't get that through ROH. I got that through doing so well on pro wrestling tees from promoting myself that when they reached out, they gave them my name. So, um, there's that I would, so I want to just do more mainstream things because the more money that I can bring in from doing that to the independent shows, the more money all the other wrestlers are going to make and the more yeah. eyes that will be on them. And so it, whenever I'm at a show, uh, not so much anymore because they're not really happening as much, but, Prior to the shutdown, I'd always have people in line say, hey, my friend here doesn't like wrestling, but I showed them your videos and they, they came. And I get that multiple times. I'm like, that's great. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Because then they come in, they they come in for me and my goofiness or whatever, but they're going to see a Lee Moriarty. They're going to see uh, that that's the person I'm thinking of right now. They're just they're going to see like the good wrestlers. They're going to see the athletic wrestlers doing the wrestling thing. Go, oh. This is actually entertaining. This is good. I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. You know, you mentioned The Rock there. I think you mean to say your new friend, The yes. Rock. <laughs> my, my great new celebrity friend. Uh, He's yeah, so that, generous with his tweets. I love it. He is. I, I was not expecting that. So I 
this it's going to seem like I forced these now. Um, but I filmed, I still have to film the last one, but I had done a video for each of the drinks. I just hadn't released them yet. And that one made me laugh a lot. So I put it out like right away. Um, but it, the, the goal of it was, Oh, once you drink all of the drinks, you become the rock. I would assume it's kind of like the infinity gauntlet, yeah. uh, but you just become the rock. Yeah. So each drink, I get a power from the rock. And that time I became original rock who had $7 and a sweater. Yeah, you, you became <laughs> turtleneck and gold chain rock. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's just me being goofy and I put it out and then I looked at my phone and I was like, why do I have so many notifications on this one? And I was like, oh, he saw it. And I was like, cool. I was like, also, he definitely saw it because he's talking about PT Cruisers, which was a stupid joke that was at the end of the video. So yeah. they, I've, I've been so fortunate to be on the receiving end of some of those tweets as well. And the thing yeah. that always blows my mind is he doesn't just post a thumbs up or a retweet. He like puts a thoughtful yep. tweet out. And like, this is, this is what makes The Rock so great is he makes the moment about you. He turns the moment yep. around and makes you feel special in that moment. Yeah, no, it was, it was like, oh, cool. I think I made The Rock laugh, which now I've made Conan O'Brien laugh and I've made The Rock laugh, which are two, I would say, comedic geniuses. Yeah. So if I can make them laugh, I should theoretically be able to make anybody laugh. Well, I think you made everybody laugh with your picture with John Cena, which oh, looked, yeah. like, looked like this. <laughs> uh, so I did two of those. Um because my friend took the photo and it was just in frame about my same height. And I was like, that's not realistic. I was like, we have to take the photo because his head would be cut off if yeah. that was the photo. So I was like, no, 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 we have to take it to where he's definitely taller than me. Uh, so we redid that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully one day I'll just pop up on uh, John Cena's feed randomly. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. His Instagram feed is just, I mean, it. that seems like the perfect place for Dan Housen to be. Just pop up that'll be that'll be it because i bought the book genuinely like genuinely i have to go do these tv tapings and we're stuck in a hotel room and we can't leave for almost a week and i was like oh john cena put out a book i think i saw uh bailey and cesaro post about it and i was like cool i'll go buy it so yeah i was like this is just i just want to read it he's successful yeah. i want to know what he has to say yeah, his book's all about just giving great advice, which is well. It's funny that his Instagram feed is so wild, so weird, and his Twitter feed is so serious, like yep. filled with great advice, which is what his book is. So, what's the best advice that you've received in your career? Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm not trying. I swear, I'm not trying to name drop. Uh, I met Sami Zayn once at an Evolve show. This was when I was still doing just tattoo guy thing, um, and I was doing a tryout. But I did the thing where I was uh, probably annoying, but I went up to him and I was just like, hey, like, I think you're great. Like, um, he's someone I genuinely look up to in wrestling. I think he's, he, I don't know him personally, but he seems like a really good person with the whole Sammy for serious stuff. He seems like he's trying to use his platform for good. But I was just like, what advice do you have for like a wrestler, like just in general, like trying to do things? And he goes, He's like, honestly, he's like, do every show you can. He's like, do the bad ones, do the good ones. He's like, but the bad, bad ones are kind of as important as the good ones because that's mm -hmm. where you're going to learn them. You're going to learn the most. Um, and he's like, just do the random ones too, which is why I took the risk on doing old wrestling, which in turn kind of helped snowball this character into something goofy, which worked way better. Um, it's why the tequila dance came about. I, took that advice from him years later. I always remember it. 
and someone had asked me, Hey, do you want to do the show? It's in a bar with no ring. And I was like, how am I going to do that? Like, especially with this character. And I was like, let's do it. It's a challenge. Um, and it was me versus PB smooth. Who's seven feet tall almost. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, beat me up the whole match because you're way bigger than me. And I don't have a ring to really utilize to like, you know, jump on you or whatever. I was like, I can do the Pee Wee Herman dance on the bar and you'll be like, what, what are you doing? And I'll kick you in the face. And then you just beat me up more. And he's like, okay. And then that kind of went viral, not viral, but kind of viral. And then it just kind of caught on. Um, and then the teeth thing came from just doing a show. Again, it was just like end of the week. I need a Sunday show. Let's do it. And I wrestled uh, this guy, Bobby Beverly. And I did the Daniel Bryan surfboard stretch where I just pull his face up and I got a photo of it. And on Monday at work, I was like, well, I need to post something that I wrestled this weekend. And I was like, I'm trying to take his teeth. And that was it. And then uh, it just turned into, hey, you should feed people teeth. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So I was like, that's a weird thing. I'm doing this horror character. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll feed people teeth. They're gross. They're nasty. So, so <laughs> that, that those three major things came from listening to that advice that he gave me. This is, I mean, your character's evolved so much. I feel like your character is going to continue to evolve over the next six months, year, and then several years after that. Yeah, I think so too. So yeah, that's, uh, I think we straight off, but that's my, my goal is to become more mainstream to help out indie wrestling. And so wrestling in general. Do you, do you ever fear that you might run out of content? Yes, but I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> so this this hits me uh, every so often where I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what what can top this? What can top this? And then something happens and it just does. I think as long as I stay true to what I'm doing and have fun with it, I'm going to just have content. Because all my stuff is just me reacting off real life things. And real life doesn't stop, so... I should theoretically always have content. You should just make a reaction channel on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm already on the internet too much. I get but, it. I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, I think what makes your promos so great, though, is they don't seem scripted. They literally, oh, like, maybe you have a direction for where you want to head, but they're not scripted. Yeah, they're not scripted at all. Uh, usually, I, my friends will say, all right, what's the point of this? And I'll go, I don't know. And then, we'll, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. We're doing uh, like literally the rock ones, for example. I was just like, oh, uh, I drink this one and then I become poor rock. That's it. And I was like, just shoot the video. Uh, I will play off. I'll improv it. I improv. I try to improv everything that I do. Um, worst case, I try to do two takes just wow. because I don't want it to seem uh, like I'm trying to remember to say something or yeah. that's why I'm, I'm trying. I try to be very like whatever about it where i'm just like oh uh, i forgot to say this line but it doesn't matter because if i try to redo this it's not gonna yeah. be as good yeah so and then i usually will just post edit it in because my character is an idiot so like <laughs> i could just throw the graphic if it's a, a match graphic or whatever at the end and i'll just talk over the match graphic and just do, do the correction there so it, it just doesn't matter like i i'm lucky enough to where i've created a character that can look like a fool and get away with it and it's endearing somehow. How much of that is reflective in, in your real life? <laughs> as far as what? As far like as how, like, how, like you keep saying he's an idiot and he's a goofball. Oh, yeah. You know? So I'm, I'm generally, I'm, go I'm, I hope I'm not an idiot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm generally just goofy and I don't, I don't care. I'm very easygoing. 
um, and sarcastic. And I generally just do Simpsons jokes or whatever I actually like. So that's just all, like I said, it's, it's me amped up to 20. Cause I think the, the, what is it? The Austin saying is, uh, turn yourself up to 11. Yeah. That's the best character. And I was like, yeah, well, we'll see. I was like, I think I can push that further. Let's turn the myself up to 20 and be yeah. the most ridiculous version of myself. And I, so far, I think it's done very well. It's doing very well and it's yeah. going to continue to do very well. By the way, I'm a huge Simpsons fan. So Good. what's the Simpsons line that you think you overuse the most? Oh, uh, well, up yours is from Principal Skinner. Uh, he says, yells up yours children. Uh, and I use that as just the actual catchphrase. Um, whoops, my finger slipped. I say that all the time. What else did I say? Yeah. Those, those two, I think, uh, Batman's a scientist. That one doesn't make sense in any scenario, but <laughs> it just, it changes from day to day. Lisa needs braces. Uh, what, Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. <laughs> yep. I think that used to be my alarm, which is awful. Oh my God. That old plan. Yes. Braces. I used to wake up. That's probably why I'm just. Oh, that sounds awful. Jeez. <laughs> my, we, we, we used to go out for all you can eat wings in my hometown, Pickering, Ontario. Yeah. Uh, and we would, <laughs> we would always end the day by somehow saying, do these sound like the actions of a man who's had all he could eat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it just depends. Uh, you ever see a man say goodbye to a shoe? I'll just say that randomly. I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> That doesn't matter. I try to incorporate those into um, my ROH graphics as well. Like when they give us the little side plate of what you want to write, they'll usually say, what do you want your side plate? And I will send them the worst things. <laughs> and they're just like, okay. And I'm like, sweet. Next month, I'm going to try something even better. Oh, man, I can't wait to see what next month's going to be. <laughs> I think I have some good ones coming up. Oh, I think they're re- related to Conan and The Rock. One of them I did put Conan Call Me. Hey, and, and then I think the interview came out like a week or two later. So, yeah, <laughs> I knew I already had it at that point. But I'm really excited to see where this path leads you, and I'm so happy for the success that you've had. Like from knowing you, man, I would. I think the first time I saw you in the ring would have been five years ago, four or five at years least, ago. Yeah, yeah, at least uh, because I think we were kind of you were just starting out too, doing your interviews, I believe. Yeah, I, I moved to Florida in 2015. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, think I think that we it was right around that time. There around the same time. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think we both started out like just trying to figure out what we were doing. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing over here. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like nonstop. I don't think people realize it's uh, basically when I wake up, I start working. When I go to sleep, I stop. That's why I asked you, are you going to run out of content? Because like it, you know, something happens on Twitter every single day and then I have a new thing. It's it's amazing. Uh, It's been such a pleasure catching up with you and learning more about this character that you have. And I end every interview talking about gratitude. So I'm curious to know what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Yes, uh, my wife, uh, definitely. Uh, She is back in Canada with uh, my stepdaughter. She's doing schooling and everything. I stayed here to do TV and then I had to get my vaccine, which kept me here another two weeks. Uh, and then I didn't have time to go back and quarantine and do all that business. So she's been holding it down when I get back for about two and a half months, almost three months by herself. Wow. Um, but she's definitely, I'm very grateful for her. She's very encouraging. Um, 
my parents and my sister are great. They constantly have supported me even when I was not successful at this. Um, but they're always like, no, no, no you're, doing, you're doing great. Uh, they come to all my shows whenever they could. And my dad buys all of my merch. Uh, I try to not let him. I try to just give it to him, but he'll just buy it sometimes. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I'm going to do four on accident. Uh, okay. uh, there's uh, Davis and Nick. If without them, I would not have this career. They have helped me. They've stayed up until two in the morning filming things with me uh, just so I can have stuff to put out there. Without them, I have nothing. Um, and then my fans, because uh, literally without them, I have nothing. Yeah. They are so supportive and they literally repost and retweet almost everything that I put out, which I think is noticed by people. So, yeah. I'll use the very expensive CGI and voice modulator, but what do you think are three things that Dan Housen is grateful for? Oh, ooh. Uh, money. <laughs> uh, definitely money. Uh, evil power. Mm. And fame. And his famous friends, Conan and uh, The Rock. And hopefully John <laughs> Cena and Stone Cold, Cold Steve. All of them. Man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, there you have it, my friends. A very rare out-of-character interview with Dan Housen. And if perhaps this is your first introduction to Dan Housen, take a few minutes today to check out some of his matches and some of his videos on YouTube. Love that. Dan Housen is the name of his channel. Give him a subscribe on there. Follow him on social media, at Dan Housen AD. And I love these being given this opportunity in Ring of Honor to show what he's all about. And it's all because of Alex Shelley that he got this shot. How cool was that story? So a big thank you to Dan Housen for doing this interview and for doing it in his human makeup. And we could really learn about like who the man behind the character is. And a big thank you to you for hanging out with us for this one. And I saw this quote from Katy Perry this week that seems like a really fitting way to end this conversation. If you're presenting yourself with confidence, you can pull off pretty much anything. If you're presenting yourself with confidence, you can pull off pretty much anything. Be great. Be grateful, my friends, and we will see you on the next one for what? Ah, for some more insight. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.